You're listening to episode 18 of the Mad Chatters podcast, January 28th, 2015. Most everyone's mad here. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Mad Chatters Podcast, your very important date with the happenings at Walt Disney World and around the Disney Universe. My name is Derek, your host for this evening or this day, whatever time you're listening to this show, and I'm here with my fellow hosts, Matthew. Howdy. And Jeremy. He's practically perfect in every way. Um, Jeremy, I gotta ask, why, <laughs> as Matthew said earlier, do you look like Obi-Wan Kenobi in whatever getup you're wearing? Well, it's, uh, I don't want our northern friends to judge me, even though I feel they will. But here in Florida, we've had a little bit of a cold snap come through. Uh-huh. And for whatever reason, my home holds the cool longer than it should. And I don't have a heater because I live in South Florida. We don't have the need for those. So I'm wearing my Snuggie tonight because... Which is a, a nice chilly. olive green color. <laughs> yeah. It is. I've, don't. <laughs> Listen, I've had this Snuggie for years. Okay. And it seriously is one of the best blankets that I have. It keeps you warm. It's very thin, but it holds the heat very well. And my arms are free. You, you listeners can't see this, but I'm moving my arms. So I am all about the Snuggie. And now I know, won't wear them if in you public. Take that... And turn it around. It's basically a bathrobe. It is, except it doesn't close all the way in the back, so it's more like a hospital gown. But yeah. uh, <laughs> and the anyway. sleeves are towards the front, so you're kind of like constricted. Like you try to move your arms all the way forward, and you just can't. Yeah, like I can't give hugs if it's backwards. Straight but back. yeah. I love my snuggie, um, and I recommend them. So there we it go. It really does look like Obi Wan Kenobi, which makes me think that they should make snuggies themed. To Obi-Wan Kenobi, and there's a group out there that I'm sure would eat those things up. Anyway, well, let's get right to it. On today's show, we've got a good one. I, uh, we sound like, <laughs> sounded like Jimmy Fallon when I said that. But anyway, we got a good show for you today. On today's show, we're going to be counting down the Is that top- your Jimmy Fallon impression? No, it's just my generic... Because that is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's my generic talk show host impression. But we're going to be counting down the top five dark rides... Across the U.S. Disney parks. Uh, And we have a few more disclaimers with that, which we'll talk about later. But first, let's start with another round of the good, the bad, and the ugly. For this round of the good, bad, and the ugly, instead of focusing on a specific section of a specific park... We're going to talk about, specifically, the signs in Magic Kingdom. Now, Magic Kingdom is full of signs. Some are marquees or facades outside of rides. Some are smaller inside restaurants. They're all over everywhere you look telling you to do something or to be warned about something or to go someplace. And we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly as far as the design of those signs goes. So, as usual, let's start with the good and Jeremy, why don't you kick it off? Um, well, I have two because I think one of them is going to be Matt's answer. Uh, so I'm going to say the one I don't think is Matt's answer. And if he thinks – if he didn't say this, then I'll say it. But I'd be very shocked and surprised. Oh, my gosh. Just get to it. I'm just kidding. Listen. I, like to, uh, 
I don't think I answered the way you thought I answered, but go ahead. Okay, fine. Then I'll share both of my answers then. Okay. My first answer is Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay, like the flag out front? Yes. I think that that works perfectly um, as far as it is very detailed. It's very big and but i love how it has the the, it's very it just tells you what the pirates attraction is it sums up the attraction in one without being gaudy or tacky you mean the big mast and the yeah sorry i said right yes i said flag i meant yeah like the mast yeah the mast with the skeleton and the the ripped mast with the pirates you know yeah it's really cool yeah i think it looks nice and again the building is not i feel like this sign can be Big and gaudy and tacky looking because the building is not. Okay. So it's, it's not a, tacky. Well, gaudy. not tacky, but it's just large. Elaborate. And, there you go. Elaborate. Okay. Tacky. And, and that will compare to something I'm going to mention later that I think is ugly. Because I think later what I think is ugly is because there's too much there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yes. this is the good side of having a. a, a, a that was a lot of uh, uh, uh. <laughs> That's the good side of having – I don't know what I'm trying to say. Pirates. <laughs> there we go. That's mine. <laughs> okay. I'll agree with you. I like that side. <laughs> Number one. We are so detailed. Uh, I am so detailed tonight. <laughs> I, 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 of course, went to Pirates first, but I have to um, – I had to veer off of that just because it's my favorite attraction. Because my favorite sign, like the one that I'm drawn to – when I think favorite sign, and unfortunately all of mine are attraction signs. I tried to get really crafty and be like, where's like a hidden warning sign that I really like, but I don't. You know. <laughs> I love that exit sign. In all of Magic Kingdom, let's just say the good, is um, the Enchanted Tiki Room sign. Okay. Well, we like switched roles tonight, Matt. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Right. Well, no, I really like that because I, like I like the lettering on it. Um, and I, I like, the, I don't know. It's really big. Yeah, it is, and it was my uh, cover photo on Facebook for a long time. I liked it, the one I took. But they're selling like a little miniature version. I think it's one hundred and fifty dollars at the um, the co op store and wow. at the Art of Disney. How they're big is selling it? like a little? How oh, big by is miniature. The one they sell. I didn't mean, how big like, is the one they sell? <laughs> maybe three feet. Okay, because oh, wow. the real one is like eight feet. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, but it's like a giant surfboard. It looks like. Well, yeah, it, would I like look, little, it, would, it would look uh, better, and it would be better proportioned if that stupid Aladdin's flying carpets wasn't there, and you could <laughs> yeah. see it from the other side of. It's like having a fifty-inch screen inside of a you know a closet. It's right, like, right. It doesn't make sense up close, but if you saw it from the other side of Adventureland, it would look great. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's a good one. That's my favorite, and so that's my good. Okay, for my good, I'm going to head over to Tomorrowland, and this is not. By any means, my favorite attraction. But the sign outside Carol's Carousel of Progress, mm. I think, is great. It's like that. It's like a gear, but it's not all the way because it's half of it's underground. It, I mean, not really, but it looks like it is. And it's like little gear stacked right. on top of one another. One says Walt Disney's, and it says Carousel of Progress, like going around the ring. Um, yeah, I think it's a great sign. It's very aesthetically pleasing. Just kind of draws you over to that area with the bright colors and. I'm doing a lot of hand gestures as I'm describing this, which no one can see except you guys. But anyway, so yeah, I really like that sign. Um, Okay, so for the bad, why don't we switch up the order and I'll go first. My bad sign for Magic Kingdom are actually, this is going to be kind of controversial, I think. 
But I say bad and not ugly because I think these can be improved. And those are the signs at the end of It's a Small World that say goodbye and adios and all those aloha and all those kinds of things. I, I realize that It's a Small World is a is an old attraction and like it just doesn't need changing that much because it's always going to be like a classic attraction. But I feel like you could maybe animate them or something to where they kind of like spin or rock back and forth yeah. or something like that. It looks like do. everybody just threw them like in their garage and they're just there. Yeah, and <laughs> it, the glitter on them is really yeah. kind of tacky. And I don't think a sign can be racist, <laughs> but all the fonts they use oh, for yes. the specific <laughs> words, I'm like, could you be more obvious, you know? I don't China know. Buffet, a 12-point font. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and like, why are they on flowers? I don't totally understand that. But it looks like it was an afterthought. Like, hey, we got this little place here. Let's make that a little. Yeah, Do they have that at the anyway. Disneyland version? No. Oh, I don't even remember. No, remember because I made a comment about they didn't have that. Okay. I'm so sorry. I don't remember the comment you made four months ago <laughs> when we went to Disneyland. <laughs> How dare you not treasure every <laughs> word I say? Yeah. You know, I don't hate the signs. Like, I want them to stay. I, I think it's, it's. They've got a place there for sure. I just. Do something with them. No, this is where I think I agree with you. I I think that a good use of screens and technology could be used right there with the goodbyes. Animate them. Have some of the children as animated doll children, maybe walking amongst them. I don't know. You could do something fun at the end. Yeah. Without ruining the Mary Blair '64 mm-hmm. essence of the attraction. Okay, good. I'm I'm glad you guys agree. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Uh, Jeremy, you said that you have had trouble thinking of bad and ugly things. Well, I um, mean, th- let me qualify this statement. I just think that some things, and, and, and we talked about this earlier off air, that some things they fit well there, but you have to view them objectively as ugly, not in their context. If you took them out of their context, you'd be like, ooh. So that was my hard <laughs> part is separating the sign from its context. Yeah. Okay. I'm the same way. There were several where I was like, ooh, and then I'd be like, but it fits there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But uh, if I had it hanging on my wall, I'd be like, ooh, you know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So would we if you had it hanging on your wall. Yeah. My bad was pretty simple, pretty easy to pick out because bad being things that aren't, like, awful. They just need some work and updating maybe. And that's the sign for Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin, mm-hmm. the the main entry queue uh, marquee there. Let's call it that. When you go through the sliding doors, um, and this could be said about that whole attraction, I think. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, it's bad in the in the, in the way that I enjoy it, but I would like to see it get some work. But let's just focus on the sign. It's got those two electrode like things coming out of it, very science fictiony looking with the with the lightning kind of in between them or whatever. Um, it, it, and the way they've got it just slapped up against the wall, like the, I think it's like clouds and something like up against the wall. You mean, yeah, I know what you mean. Like it's yeah. all kind of around the entrance, but it's against the wall. You yeah, know what it looks like to me? It. I hate this sign. You know what it looks like to me is like, um, when you go to a bowling alley and there's that private room where they have birthday parties and there's like oh, a yeah. big sign that's like happy birthday, Brian or whatever yeah. slapped up against the wall. That's what it looks like to me. Even with the colors and the fonts and everything. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, and I put it in the bad category because I like this attraction and I like I like portions of the sign and the kind of the kitschy comic book look of it. I just don't like the way it was executed. And they could just do something nicer out there. So uh, Buzz Lightyear, Space Ranger Spin, Microcosm in the Sign is my bad. <laughs> All right, Jer. Okay, my it. bad is the sign for Under the Seas, The Journey of the Little Mermaid. Ah. And the reason why... Is why that bad? I, really? One... There's really not even a sign, which is why I put it as bad. Oh. Because the only sign they have is kind of like a brass plate okay. that is actually like on the rock once you're already like five feet into the queue. So the only way that you can tell, I guess what qualifies as the sign, even though there's no words, is they have that ship yeah. and Ariel is the front on the ship, which yeah. I've never really liked anyways because, I don't know, it's kind of creepy that she's it's like tacked up on the front of the ship and she's like a mermaid and you're like is she supposed to be like alive in this you know like right. is she supposed to be and i don't know it's just kind of confusing to see her in that kind of a setting and then to not have anything like that points out like hey this is the attraction right here you know well, you i got the standby wait time sign that's hanging down from that okay oh. Well, if that's the standard, then we've really gone off base. Because, I, know, I guess uh, I didn't think about that. I really like yeah. that entrance, but I didn't think about a sign, I guess. I'm the same way. That entrance is amazing. But yeah, why don't they on the boat just have like, kind of like Pirates of the Caribbean mast? Why don't they have a mast that says... Jersey? Yeah, they could have something that identifies the attraction. Again, I, I had to Google it because I was... You mean had, other than The Little Mermaid stuck on a ship? Yeah, but even that, that doesn't <laughs> tell you exactly, like, I mean, that could be Ariel's Grotto. You're right. There chance. seems to be a lot of confusion there between, and I think this is just people being stupid and they're being so close to each other, between the Ariel's Grotto entrance and the entrance to the ride. They've got someone, like, stationed between the two yes. now. Like, they're there all the time. Like, that's someone's job to tell people which one is which. So, oh. Yeah. Yeah, a sign could have saved you a cast member right there. That's right. So when your tickets go up next year, tell Disney, well, fire the person between Ariel's Grotto and uh, (laughs) and save me the cash. That's where the extra money goes. All right. Well, Jeremy, for your ugly, let's hear what sign you chose as slightly worse than good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, in the context, I think it works. But overall, I think the sign for Peter Pan's flight is pretty gaudy and just overdone. How in the world? That's one of my favorites with the with the three like the three figures flying out from Big Ben there on there. Yeah, yeah, and then they have the crocodile is up there. (laughs) You're you're insane. Again, in the context of Fantasyland, I like it. But just looking at the sign as a whole, it's way overdone. I agree, but I'm actually really surprised, Jeremy, of all people, that you picked that (laughs) one. It looks like a picture frame in your house waiting to happen. Apparently, I am the the duff of this group. I learned what duff means recently. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How relevant. I do not agree. That is- uh, well, especially compared to the Disneyland, which is lots of wood, and um, it's just got a very subtle sign. I mean, it does have Peter on it. But- oh, speaking of Peter Pan, though, you saw. Did you all see the updated queued video today that has been going circling around 
the yes, Disney fan community. I did. I did. Do we want to talk about that? Well, I was just going to mention it looks very impressive, but I don't. Um, I don't know how any of it works. Like the people seem to be interacting somehow with it. Yeah, I watched the video. I don't know how it works, but it is really cool. Like there are some shadows of bells on the wall, mm-hmm. and if you move your hand up to where your shadow, the sh- shadow of your hand meets the shadow of the bell, like it moves the bell as if you really oh, physically touched it. And yeah. then later, when you're walking down the hall, if you clap. Like, I guess it hears the sound, and around where you're making the noise, like, little fairy dust lights light up your hands and all over your shirt. Oh, like pixie dust. Like, you're being pixie dusted before you fly. Exactly. So, I don't know how they do it, but yeah. The majority of the video I saw was, obviously, I'm guessing it was environmental projection stuff with a Tinkerbell flying around the room and getting in certain objects and... It looked really impressive, making all the little things move and do different things. Yeah, to clarify, this is the cue now. Instead of going, actually, you may still do this, but instead of going all the way down the wall and then all the way back, you now go yeah. through several rooms um, and have stuff to do while you're waiting. Yeah, so. where the restrooms used to be. It's all in that yeah, area. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, my ugly on the signs, and this is needs to go. Now, I'm going to say two because they are the same. I mean, they are the same thing. Like, it's hard for me to pick between one and the other because they're, like, the same entity. And that is the awful, like, billboard sign junk for Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor and Stitch's Great Escape. Mm-hmm. Those ones just slapped on the side of the building, like, vertically. It looks like you're going, like, into Las Vegas or something, and they're, like, like the buffet sign pointing you inside. It's just... Now, wait. Just last week, you said at nighttime you like the Avenue of the Stars. With oh, those. I do. But minus those awful things. Uh. <laughs> if you can overlook that and you have the big tanning bed things on your left and the big <laughs> time, uh, the old timekeeper's circle thing on the right and all the neon and lights and stuff, it's, it's gorgeous. But those, do, now listen, those are just out of place. Yeah. They're not lit up. They're like flat, matte. There's just no, there's no effort in those, and I find them tacky, gaudy, pedantic, and lazy. Yeah, lazy. Good words. Mm. Yep. I don't mind those at all, but okay. Uh, my ugly was actually the Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger spin, but um, I'll pick a new one since you already said that, and that is the used to be Kodak, Kodak, but now oh. the the Nikon. Um, they say. Picture spots. Picture spots. Nikon picture spots. I mean, they did a good job of theming them to the different lands, I suppose. But they just kind of drive me crazy where it's like, in case you have never taken a picture before, this might be a great place to take a picture. And then, like, you have to take the picture and make sure not to get the sign that says where to take a picture in the picture. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, don't don't act like I'm an idiot. I don't know. Hey, newsflash. Everywhere in Walt Disney World is a good place to take a picture. (laughs) Exactly. Just don't block the walkway when you do. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There may be like eight of those around the park, but it's like, hey, here's a great place for a picture. And they just they just kind of bother me. Splash Mountain. <laughs> the Cinderella Castle. Here's a great place for a picture. Yeah. It's like, ah, I never would have thought of that. All right. Well, I think it's story time. So why don't we share a few stories that made us ask... Did that just happen? Curiouser and curiouser. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Do it. This one did not happen to me. It happened to, uh, but I could not help but tell it because it happened recently to a family 
that uh, goes to Disney World here a lot at my church that I know, the Wall family, shout out. Um, they were at World Showcase recently and coming around through the UK Pavilion, and a gentleman, older gentleman, now you can decide whether this is funny or not, but it is a what did that just happen. It, it fits with that. So laugh if you will, and judge me if you will. But an older gentleman was exiting the Rosen Crown Pub on his motorized wheelchair slash scooter, and apparently did not, uh, depth perception had uh, uh, not availed him. And he did not notice the curb. Uh, I guess he thought it was a ramp. They they said he comes out um, laughing with his family and stuff. Immediately, just and and every, he said everybody around him was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> if you can picture this, like slow motion, the scooter dips off of the curb, just like plants its nose into the ground, and then the whole thing falls over sideways with the man on it. <laughs> to which oh, the no. to which the man then exclaims, "My hip, <laughs> my, <laughs> my hip!" So. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Did that just happen? <laughs> Did you laugh? Did I laugh at the story? Yes. Oh, they, it, that's right. It's a story. Yeah, that's they right. all they said a lot of people came over to help him up, and the guy was okay afterward, or seemed okay. <laughs> Well, I guess pending a future MRI or something. <laughs> <laughs> My hip! <laughs> My hip! Oh, no. Oh, he's just drunk yeah. from the Rosie yeah, crowd. Yeah. Say that depth Designated driver. <laughs> uh, people <laughs> falling. I'm sorry, but it is the best thing yes. ever. <laughs> <When> Jer- <laughs> sometimes, sometimes Jeremy will send me a link, the email, and be like, this is funny. And I'll look at the like the title of the video and it's like such and such falls and I'm already like starting to get like yeah. butterflies <laughs> in my stomach and like starting to laugh before you even click on the link. Yes. Because <laughs> I know it's going to be great. People uh, falling and hurting themselves. Well, my did that just happen story uh, was kind of us hurting ourselves, not physically, but just like, anyway. Okay. I think I've kind of mentioned this before on the 11 second rant, but Jeremy, our friend David and I, we're in Magic Kingdom. And we had reservations at 1900 Park Fair. I finally said it right. I always say 1600 Park Fair on the show. But anyway, at the Grand Floridian. And we had a little bit of time to spare. Not a lot. But we remember several times going by on the monorail and seeing that really nice brick path that goes along the Seven Seas Lagoon right there by the monorail. It's got, uh, like, really fancy lampposts and everything. It looks like maybe place place that joggers in the morning might want to jog or something. So we're at Magic Kingdom. We're thinking, you know what? Let's not wait on the monorail. It's a really nice night. Let's just walk to 1900 Park Fair. So we start walking, and it's very curvy. Like, it's not just a straight path. So we're like, okay, well, now we may want to pick it up a little bit because it's it's farther than it looks, and we're going to be late for this reservation. Well, we keep walking. I don't know who notices it first, but they're not very happy because we look ahead, and this sidewalk ends. I mean, how far have we gone by this point? It's like it's got to be like three-tenths of a mile, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, I was going to guess like 300 meters or something. I, it was a ways. And we got all the way to the end before we... Yeah, I don't know why I got all metric system there for a second. (laughs) He's he's an Olympian. Yeah, he can track. Anyway, so we get down there and someone throws their shoe. Because it's like you have (laughs) 
got what? it wasn't you or david i don't remember it was david okay he was like because it was one of those like you've got to be kidding moments like we well, just we were already running late exactly and the bus took forever and the tta took forever and the monorail was taking forever and so you mean at the trick ticket and transports oh ttc yeah we tried to take the people mover all the way to the grand floridian it did it kept taking us back to the same place Anyway, so we get there and we're like, are you freaking kidding me? So, of course, we have to walk all the way back. And then at that point, we we're just talking like, who put this path here? This is so stupid. It Ironically goes, called the walk around the world. Is it? That's funny. <laughs> yes. So we walk all the way. I'm sure people are giving us looks like, why are those guys out there in the middle of the lagoon? So we walk <laughs> all the way back. And then, of course, the monorail is going the opposite direction. So we have to stop at Contemporary and then yes. the, the TTC and all this mess. And so, needless to say, we are very late, but they still seated us, and it worked out fine. And we have a funny story now, but it's like, did someone really put this path here and just I'm, I'm not still confused it? about the shoe. How did someone end up throwing their shoe? <laughs> it, well, it was like, a, uh, in jest, it was a frustration. So you ta- So someone takes off their shoe and then throws it? And then has to go get it and put it back on, yeah. Just seems- like threw it up in the air, like, I quit. Kind Come of on, thing. it was for comedic effect. But they took off their shoe <laughs> for this purpose? Yes. <laughs> That's probably the funniest part of the story to me. <laughs> Hold on, let me take off my shoe and throw it up in the air. Yeah, the path didn't bother me. It was the throwing the shoe that made me say, did that just happen? Why did yeah. you? No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, I will never forget that. And I will always warn people, don't take that freaking path. Not walk around the world. My did that just happen involves a trip that we took to the Magic Kingdom. It was a day trip with some friends who had never been to the Magic Kingdom before, or if they had been, it had been a long time. And Derek was there, and it was after your brother's wedding that we all went on a Saturday. And this was like the 3rd of January. It was uh, the Saturday, but it was like the last Saturday before school started again, so... Christmas crowds were still heavy, but not ridiculous. We were still able to do everything. But at the end of the day, we got to Main Street for wishes. And we were standing there kind of by Tony's, uh, right there at the end of Main Street before it kind of opens up into the hub. And, of course, it's crowded, but, again, not ridiculous. But everybody's close by, and wishes starts probably in like 10 or so minutes. And we're talking and having a nice time, and all of a sudden I hear... (laughs) and right next to us a child and he wasn't even standing there waiting for wishes he was just walking down the middle of the road uh middle of main street but i guess the vomit just hit him at that moment and he just puked all over the street now i am a sympathy puker when i see somebody or smell somebody or hear somebody puke i automatically just start to gag myself and so i was like running the other direction trying to keep it together but there was really nowhere to go and so thankfully as soon as it happened like cast member was there like standing over because people were like going to walk through it because it's that crowded and thankfully somebody was there they blocked it off and within like 30 seconds maybe not maybe like two minutes there was a janitorial staff member there who sprinkled his magic vomit pixie dust over it and it all hardened up and he just sweep 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 and it was like nothing had ever happened mm. so he must have been really good because i don't remember that at all you don't remember the kid puking no, I must have oh that. my gosh i just remember and that's exactly what i thought in my head was 
did that really just happen? Did this kid just like vomit all over? And that has to happen a lot at Disney World because people get overheated and you're eating a lot of things you shouldn't eat. And and, you ride Mission Space. and Yeah. (laughs) And so I'm sure they're a pro at it. But uh, it just – that was the only time. But that's the second – no, that was the first time. The other time you told about the kids sliding through the puke. Oh, yeah. People vomit around us for some reason a lot, I guess. So. No, I, I'm sure it does happen a lot. <laughs> it's the smell. But, oh, yeah. I can't handle it. I yeah. can't. Well, guys, let's get right to it. I'm sure you had as much trouble as I did coming up with your top five dark rides from Disney World and Disneyland. Uh, But before we start, I do want to give a couple clarifications for this list. First of all, we're talking Disneyland and Disney World. Not separate lists, but together. Um, But I don't know about you guys, but I didn't do any doubling up. So, like, if there's an attraction at both parks, I didn't put, like, the Disney World version at number two and the Disneyland version at number four. I just kind of lumped them together as one. Mm. Um, A second thing is there are no boat rides. So, like, I would consider Pirates of the Caribbean a dark ride. But because it takes place on a boat, we're not including it. Um, Also, we're not including rides that have dark ride elements but are not completely dark rides, which would be, like... Uh, the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, which has the the dwarf animatronics, but then you're outside part of the time as well. And I think that's all I have. Did you guys have any other caveats to this nope. list? But they they but they do include extinct ones. That's yes. right, extinct. That I meant to say that as well. Yes. Do you want to define what a dark ride is for those who may not know? Dark ride would be just an inside dark ride. <laughs> No, thank it's, you. It's a specific. I mean, it's a specific kind of ride that excludes like roller coasters and water rides. Obviously, we ride in like a cart type thing through a highly detailed themed environment, typically in the dark with like black lighting or some kind of dramatic lighting to make it feel like you're inside of a, a cartoon or like a story like that. Okay, yeah. Disney has kind of become famous for these since yes. it opened. So. It was kind of their entryway into. I mean, themed rides at all. I mean, a lot of these dark rides, some of them, especially at Disneyland, were, were opening day attractions. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, sure. yeah, it was the hallmark into the highly themed attractions we know today. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that gives a good explanation of where we're going. So let's just kick it off. I'll start, if that's okay, if no one sure. has objections. I do want to say my list has changed. Like, if I made a top five after my very first trip, it wouldn't be the same top five. And right. I don't think it's because I just got tired of some. I think I just you just learn what works, I guess, after so many years. And you learn what has, like, lasting value and charm. Value, yeah. Yeah. Charm so, is a good word. Yeah, lasting charm. Yeah. Okay, so with that being said, my number five is Haunted Mansion. Ooh. Which is a classic attraction. Uh, I think it's on most people's top ten list of attractions across the parks as a whole. Um, I'm not sure when it opened, but I know it wasn't opening day at Disneyland or Disney World, right? Right. It was no. 70s. Yeah, yeah. Both. So, and well, they, the, build, the exterior was there, but it was at Disneyland. But okay. uh, it sat and, empty for a while. 
the exteriors are very different. In Disneyland, you have this mansion manor that gives you the appearance that it's a nice, normal house on the outside, but then when you go inside, it's haunted. Whereas Disney World kind of left no nothing to the imagination and said, no, this is a haunted house. Uh, but, you know, you ride in your Omnimover, and animatronics are great. The little clever, kind of tongue-in-cheek jokes... Because it's not, you know, straight out scary. Like, it's kind of a funny scary. And they do a really good job with that. I do think the Disney World one is better. And I I know we rode the holiday version this time, but this was one of the first attractions I rode when I went to Disneyland like a decade ago. Um, but I, I there's really not a lot to say. I mean, if you've ridden the Haunted Mansion, you know how great it is and uh, how timeless it is. And I love. I think my favorite scene is the graveyard with when the music really starts to get peppy, and that's when you know it's not like an all-out scary ride because it kind of leaves you on a high note, uh, kind of dancing back and forth, and it's got the singing bus. And so there you yeah. go. That's my number five. It's the perfect combination of uh, only a few rides like that really last as um, Disney classics for having people worked on it like Alice Davis and Existencio and people like that like the the I don't know the golden age of Disney animators yeah. music composition and the whole the whole thing works together so Haunted Mansion is like the only dark ride in that category I think maybe so and it is completely original uh, which yeah. a lot of the dark rides at Disney you know are based on films and this one isn't which is which is kind of refreshing not that the other ones are bad by any means but right and the poor Haunted Mansion got wrapped up into that aftermath of the Pirates of the Caribbean uh, movie being successful and Disney tried to do other movies based on uh, attractions and so if you've seen the Eddie Murphy uh, version we apologize um, <laughs> <laughs> bless you yeah well, there's been a rumor for like 20 years now that uh, <laughs> Guillermo say that. del Toro is making one. And apparently he still has plans to, but who knows when that will happen. Oh, bring on the day. It sound, That sounds like the perfect matchup. I think that would be great. Would oh, be absolutely. Fun. Yeah. Did, this make, did Haunted Mansion make your list, Matt? It did uh, at number two, but I had an alternate one that I, I can get to when we come to that time. Okay, I, mine was – it was at number three as well, but I have an alternate because I was under the impression that this was a top ten list, so I made a list of ten. So oh. I will narrow it down to five. Excuse me. Well, uh, just, I'll go ahead and give my number five, which okay. we have already talked about tonight, tonight, today, this afternoon, this morning, and that is uh, Peter Pan's Flight. That's my number five. Come on, everybody. Here we go. And at, at first, this did not immediately come to mind because it's not like one I have to do every time. But it made it onto the list simply because I, I remember it being kind of the first time. Let's see. I specifically remember it being one of the first times I was completely like wowed as a child with like the Disney ride thing. When we swooped out over London and, you know, the little tiny cars, I specifically remember like being in the ship and looking down and just being amazed by it. So it has a nostalgic factor, but also just the, I don't know, it's kitschy and charming. There you go, charming. Charming. Word of the day. And that cue music, just the endless repetition of you can fly, you can fly, the instrumental mm-hmm. version. Um, I Here like that. Here we thing. go. Yeah. Do, 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 do. 
anyway. Nice. Yeah. Nice fill in there. We can't afford the track, so. <laughs> no, I will be humming it this evening, courtesy yeah, of Derek yeah. Lewis. And he fills in the voiceovers, too, so aren't we blessed? <laughs> Is this on your list, Jerry? Uh, it was number seven on my original uh, list. So no. <laughs> What's the ratio here? Where does that come yeah. up on a top five? Well, uh, this is my number one, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. I really, really like that. I always enjoyed it. Now, at, at Magic Kingdom, the line, like, it's always a really long line. And I mm-hmm. think that has the potential to affect how you feel about it which it shouldn't and i've always enjoyed it ever since the first time i wrote it but for some reason when we went to disneyland like it really just something clicked it's an opening day attraction there it i i think it's kind of genius that you are in a pirate ship like they could have done any sort of ride it could have been just your traditional dark ride where you're in like a car that kind of goes through the scenes but the fact that you're flying in a ship i think is so genius And in Disneyland, I don't know if you remember, Jeremy, but, like, the Starfield room, where I don't know if they use mirrors or what, but it's, like, little lights all around you to where it feels like you're in the stars, and they're so bright, and I love it. And even Disneyland is also a little different at the beginning when you're, um, before you go into the nursery, instead of just, like, going through a big opening and you're in the nursery, it the queue is themed to where below you are like chimneys and buildings and then you fly through the open window of the nursery so oh, it's I like see. you start oh, outside cool. yeah yeah and the nursery scene's a little bigger too yeah um and i i read this that the uh the voices of peter pan and captain hook which magic kingdom i don't even know if they do talk i think they just kind of fight they do, do at they? the end you hear well you hear hook at the, on the pirate ship saying fire mr smee you know and then okay. at the very end I don't think you hear Peter Pan, though. Okay. Well, you do. He says, yeah, oh, here we go. Says, yeah, here we he go. Says, right, right, right. And, he's, and then when he's fighting, he's like, I'll get you or something like that when they're yeah, in the fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I read somewhere that the voices in Disneyland are the original voices, so I guess they record a yeah. dialogue that's not in the movie. That would that would be the only thing that would make sense to me. Well, that was the same decade. It was like three years later or something, two years later when it opened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. 53 was the movie. The ones at Disney World are not. You can tell with... Mr. Hook, uh, Mr. Hook, Captain, <laughs> he's been demoted, Captain <laughs> Hook, <laughs> you can tell with his voice, but it's still, it, nevertheless, it's a good ride. Yeah, I love that ride. We we did it twice, well, Jeremy did it, I guess, three times, because it was part of his tour in Disneyland, but yes. it, was it the last road, I know it was the last ride we rode one night, it may have been the last ride we rode I think it was the last one we did, because remember, we was. Said, they closed the queue right behind us. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. So, and I could have gone on it right again, the, the, just something, this trip especially, just really resonated with me. And uh, the fact that it's been around 60 years and it's still, kids Does still love it. Does the Disneyland version feel as, um, now look, I love it. And it it needs a little bit of help, I think, a little bit of love. But does the one at Disneyland feel as rickety as the one at Disney World? I I will say two things. One, I don't think it does. Like, you don't hear, I don't... <sighs> I don't remember, like, hearing every turn you make, which in yeah. Disney World you kind of do, like, yeah. But, Jeremy, I don't know if you remember this, but every time we came back into the exit, it sounded like the boat swung and, like, hit the wall or something. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, they had boom, that, every time. That little steel thing that your boat hits as yeah, it comes in, reel. and you could hear it thud every yeah. time. And, and I think both times we were like, oh, yeah, I felt like the, the the scene when you're flying over London in Disneyland is a lot darker than yeah. the one in Florida. Because Disney World feels a little bright. Now. Yeah, I don't but, know if that's a recent thing or not. 
but I think that's a good thing because and this, the one in London, I'm like, I don't see anything down there. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I was referring to like seeing like clearly looking over and seeing like the fire exit stairs. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like that. And at one time I wrote it and, and somebody had dropped – you know how they give away the Mickey stickers at the different no, attractions? Somebody down. had dropped that and it was laying in the middle of oh. London. You know, So it kind of ruined <laughs> the forced perspective. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's sad. It looked like you are flying over Hollywood Studio with the hit yeah. Mickey there. You know, I do remember it being dark in Disneyland because it takes a while for your eyes to adjust after coming in from the daylight. But it's just that Starfield got me. I was like, this is the coolest room I've ever been in in my life. It's one of those things when you take people with you that have never been before and they don't know quite what to expect that when you – at Disney World at least, when you turn into the nursery and then you see the track below you is not there anymore. Yeah. And people kind of, oh, we're going to, the track's above us. It's yeah. kind of, well, that's pretty cool. That hits everybody as pretty impressive, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're still on number five, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. My number five is an attraction at Disneyland, formerly at the Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World, and that is Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Stop! Are we on the way to Nottingham? Um, I never got to ride Mr. Toad's in Florida because I did not attend Walt Disney World until after that attraction had been converted. As but, one um, untimely born. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, or, just, or just untimely visiting. Yeah, yeah. yeah, or from the Midwest, and we just didn't get there. <laughs> um, but... Um, Anywho, I loved it. Now, I like the movie. I enjoyed the, the film, uh, The Adventures of Mr. Toad, or uh, Ichabod Crane and Mr. Toad. Oh, okay. So not the live-action Mr. Toad. No, okay. no, no. The Walt Disney <laughs> Mr. Toad. I love the characters. Um, I just find it charming, and it's just a fun ride. It still has that not-quite-PC element to it that I think – brings a little extra to it because at the end you go to hell which yeah. i mean <laughs> for stealing where, your car, <laughs> stealing the car yeah, you know and uh so anywho you know it, it it has that element where it hasn't been scrubbed clean yet because somebody has been offended you know or anything like that so and it's just a fun ride and i love the effects when you go through the fireplace at disneyland and they have the fiber optics on the floor mm-hmm. and it's just the little things like that throughout the ride that are still plus Inside it, it has that cardboard cutout feel, yeah. which for a oh, dark yeah. ride is wonderful. I don't know why yeah. if it was anything else. I was else, going maybe. to say, um, you can keep talking, but I'm just going to tack on that this is my number four. Oh, okay. Uh, and I've only ever ridden, I think i only ever ridden the Florida version. Hmm. But it is but the it, perfect dark ride. And it's fun, too, like for kids, because your seat, it just seats two per car. So you can't really cram people in, but the driver has a steering wheel so you can drive you know for yeah. kids and things and for adults <laughs> we drove uh, but you know it's just a fun fun attraction so i really enjoyed it mr toad's wild ride i really liked the loading zone when i was little i remember loving the loading zone at the one in in florida was um, it a library because that's what it is in uh no they don't it wasn't you know the the fantasy land the magic kingdom at disney world um has always been and hasn't changed from that the the middle medieval tournament tent 
kind of uh, thing. Yes, so yes. This was like you step into the tent, and it had the typical dark ride, like a big mural, you know, on the mm-hmm. back wall. Mm-hmm. And, the, of course, the places where the cars went in side by side and the places, the two exits for the two sides of the track on either side. And it had all the characters painted above the bridge, like they were looking down at the car and things. But I remember liking it because of the song that I only later knew was um, – well, good grief. Now I don't know the name of it. What's the I know. theme song? I, I'm trying. I'm looking it up right now. I don't know. Devonshire and Wilkinshire and Worcestershire. And yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, they do say that. You're absolutely I right. I think it is. I don't remember, but that, that, I always loved that little song when I was little. And the Disney World version had an upper hand, I think, on the Disneyland version, not having ridden it. And I understand it's the original, but the Disney World version had two tracks, track A and track B, two sides. That were two different rides, which I didn't know till like I was older and it was about to close. But there are two different experiences, both of which led straight to hell. But but the in between parts were all different, and yeah. I too like the little cardboard cutout people and characters. Yeah, the one at Disneyland, it looks like Toad Hall, which I love. You know that mm-hmm. the, the exterior is Toad Hall, and you go in. The song is called the Merrily Song. Oh, and it goes. Are we on our way to Nottingham, to Brittingham, to Buckingham, or any Hamley Hamley by the sea? No! And then he says Devonshire and Lancashire and Worcestershire. Again, we can't we can't afford the clips. <laughs> <laughs> Too much. This is the this is the Mad Chatters chorus presents. <laughs> the, your, the kids pop version. <laughs> your Disney favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's the my number four. So we're we're in number four headlong. So okay, somebody else. Number my four. number four, I know, is going to be on Jeremy's list, and it is Alice in Wonderland in Disneyland. This, I believe, was also an opening day attraction. It is actually above. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride in certain scenes because one one great thing about this attraction is you start on ground level right by the Mad Tea Party, the teacups, and then like throughout the ride you kind of go up, uh, up and up and up, and then when you come outside you're actually like on the second level looking down at Fantasyland, and then you come back down at some point obviously to get back uh, to the beginning. But it's a really great ride. You're in like a caterpillar. And in the last year, they have added a lot of projection effects, which only elevate this ride. Like, I, I think projection has finally come to a point where it's 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 going to be seamless. I think at, at, at one point in time, it wasn't seamless, and you could tell it was projection, but I think they've really mastered it. And, like, the Queen of Hearts face, for instance, is projected, and there are lots of cool effects with, like, the teapots and the flowers' faces. Yeah. And, uh, the, the steam. The steam. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The music, of course, is great, which you hear a lot on this podcast because we are the Mad Chatters. Uh, But I I think it is everything a dark ride, especially a classic dark ride, should be. Yeah. This is my number one. And I I, well, I have a weird, unhealthy obsession with Wonderland in general. Just in my normal life, and uh, it's so horrifying. Why would you want to? Oh, it's horrifyingly wonderful. It's a horrifying place. And um, so if anytime I can go to Wonderland, I will. And, and to me, I think, Matt, the way you were describing Peter Pan's flight is really the way I feel about Alice in Wonderland. Now, of course, I just got to experience it last year for the first time. But instantly I felt that retro, nostalgic, 
wonderful like this is Disney magic is when I wrote it mm-hmm. and I just love it and and it had like I said all the music this it's seamless with the projections I this is almost embarrassing to say but Oh, I've embarrassed myself worse. I sometimes would just watch the ride through on YouTube when I'm feeling kind of sad and it makes me feel happy. So oh, it's a good one. It's yeah. very zany. I love the card scene where the cards are marching the aces and stuff. Yeah. And when she's playing the, uh, the, uh, uh croquet and uh-huh. she hits the animal and it, and you follow the animal all the way around the little squirrel or whatever it is, uh, or hedgehog all the hedgehog. way around the scene. Anyways, it's just wonderful. So yeah, I got to actually ride this one the only time I've ever been to Disneyland. That was '95, so I didn't see all these upgraded effects. But I remember liking it just because it has inside and outside portions. And I yeah, and like when you it, go outside, which is great and outside. When you go outside and you start going down, you kind of think like, "Oh, we're going back to the loading area." But then there's uh, yeah, a couple more finale. scenes. Spoiler. Yeah. So. yeah. yeah. Nice. It is one of those rides that you can tell that they didn't have a lot of space, but they wanted to make it as long as possible. So you do a lot of zigzagging, yeah, zigzag, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> almost in one, almost like in place. You're zigzagging. <laughs> this but ride okay. is so long. <laughs> yeah. The longer, the better, though. Left, right. And what left, scene is right. it where you feel the heat from hell and in, in, uh, from Mister Toad? Well, I've read it's the flower scene, but I didn't really notice it. But yeah, that's when you're right above the hell in Mr. Toad. So apparently it's a little hotter in that room because of that. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't think I and, ever noticed like a... And true story, it is hot in hell in, in Mr. Toad. That is true, yes. I mean, we burst into that room and I was like, uh-uh, we had got to get out of here. <laughs> I don't think I ever remember that being a part of the Disney World version. That must be just there. Holy cow. The like, heat? you felt the heat. Yes. The heat yeah, in is. hell, yeah. Oh, no, it's for real fire, yeah. We got a more liberal view of hell in Florida. <laughs> Rob Bell presents. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just a big party. Yeah, it's all right. It's kind of orange, but it's comfortable. <laughs> Matt, what was your number four? Oh, Mr. Toe's Wild Ride. I kind of could. Oh, that's off. right. That's right. Yeah. So Jeremy, I was jumping on Jeremy's number five. That's right. So my number four is one of those doubles again, but it is in the Magic Kingdom, but it's also in Disneyland, and that is the Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Now, this ride, some people don't care for it. I love it because I love Winnie the Pooh in general um, and the characters. Again, another one of those things that has a lot of nostalgia for me. Also, when I'm feeling sad, I enjoy just a little bit of Winnie the Pooh in my life and I feel better. But my absolute favorite scene of the whole attraction and what makes the attraction for me is the final scene of the Florida version. And I don't remember if it's the final scene of the... California version or not but when you are when it's during the flood the rainy day Mm -hmm. and I love how first off the the ride vehicle feels like you're floating so you're kind of going back and forth feeling like and then the the effects of the raindrops on the water and the way things look like they're floating I just love that I just think it's so wonderful and it's so well done but it's not like it's one of those things where you can tell it's I don't want to use the word cheap but I mean it's not like amazing special effects but what they used works and works well yeah. mm-hmm. and uh so uh, that whole that final scene there makes the whole attraction for me the rest of it's good but that yeah. particular scene 
And interactive elements aside, because it gets kind of loud, I love the cue, what they've done with it over the last couple of yeah. years, how you look like you're in the 100-acre woods with the tree and everything. But about the, the floating thing, you bounce a little bit when you're Tigger, you go normal, and then you float. It blows the Disneyland version out of the water. Because remember, the Disneyland version did that rocking, floating sensation the whole time, which made no, oh, that's right. it made no yes. sense whatsoever. Yeah, yeah the you whole just, time. It's like, uh, <laughs> And no Tigger bouncing. Right. It's just that one it's just that one motion the entire ride. I thought it was so weird. Well, I feel like Winnie the Pooh at Disneyland is kinda like a redheaded stepchild because he's like way off in the back of uh Yeah, he's where country bears used to be. Right. Yeah. Critter country. In critter country. <laughs> critter country. Yeah. And he's like way back there by himself. It's a dead end. Yeah, if you like didn't know he was back there, you never would find him. Like poor guy. You'd stop at Splash Mountain and never go, never keep going. Yeah, yeah. That's but sad. see, isn't it? It's newer at Disneyland than Disney World, I think. Yeah. So it surprised so. me yeah. that it, it it used that floating motion the whole time. I just thought it was so weird. Uh, Winnie the Pooh was um, he was my favorite growing up. Like he was my jam when I was like four, five, <laughs> six, and I still have a little special place for Winnie the Pooh. Um, naturally but this this ride i love the new queue and especially the, when they move the tree over and then the new interactive elements and i love the ride itself i think what i don't like i see poo up there that was gonna I, show you this yeah. um the shelf behind me is um that is my winnie the Pooh from when i was just a baby no kidding and hey pull yeah, that down pull that down i got it at the pull it down oh lord um where's it at uh <laughs> i got here. it at the jc penny and hey, he's a little stained up because Hold Let me see on his Sears, at his Sears. Oh, that's not that. Did you ever see uh, the one I have when I was four? Uh-uh. Did you have it in your call room? I used to just hold it. <laughs> yes, you yours, yours is a little bigger than this one is. But and I had, had a this flat face. Poop, right? I think mine was like yeah. mid-80s. Okay. Uh, I love this poo, by the way. It's so good. Anyways. Sorry to our listeners for that. I'll put uh, a picture in the show notes. You can see yeah. my poo. <laughs> 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 Rate my poo. Uh... Anyway, this, this ride did not make it onto my list because of the loading zone. Just kind of that bare, like with the with the like this the bare walls with the book pages like painted on them. I didn't yeah. didn't think it fits with everything else that's so well done. It was it's a letdown. Okay. But um, I didn't want to kind of see what you're saying, but it works because. Because pages are a part of that, you know. Yeah. Like, well, okay I know, but they could have executed it in a, a better way. Is mm-hmm. what I'm saying. And fun fact: at the Florida attraction, you can see Mr. Toad because that was originally Mr. Toad's Wild Ride before right. Pooh moved in. And in one of the scenes, you see um, Pooh, or excuse me, Mr. Toad handing over the deed to Owl when you go into Owl's home. Yes. In Owl's house, which and is a great scene, I too. I just found this out last week. I was listening to an old podcast of Nostalgia. If you're a Disneyland fan, they're a great podcast. Anyway, and they were saying that in the Winnie the Pooh at Disneyland, there's a scene where you can turn around and see one of the heads from the Country Bears. I had no idea. They said wow. you would never notice it unless you knew it was there because you actually have to turn in your seat and look above you. That's disturbing. Yeah, I thought so too. <laughs> He's like hanging up there because yeah, the guy it's like <laughs> mounted on the wall or something. Yeah. No. Well, we will look for that in September. Exactly. Wow. Anyway, okay. Number three over in Epcot is Spaceship Earth. This is a dark ride, correct? Yes. Yeah, 
Yeah, and it's my number three as well. Perfect. This is a fantastic attraction, and I know it is because I don't care a lick about history, and I loved it from the first time we wrote it. Uh, I think the animatronics are great. You, basically, you go through the history of communication. Um, Judy Dench's narration is wonderful. Some people have uh, made fun of it because it has kind of dumbed down the old narrations who came before her. But I love it because I like her. It's a very soothing voice. The score is fantastic. Great music in it. Um, I even I'm even okay with the the interactive stuff they've added where you design your own future. It's maybe not the most appropriate thing ever. But I also love that it's in the ball. Probably other people are with me in the fact that before they went to the park, they had no idea there was actually a ride oh, in yeah. the giant Epcot ball. But yes, there is a ride. It's called Spaceship Earth, and it's great. <laughs> so The golf ball ride. The golf ball ride. Yeah, it's a great ride overall. The story is great. The animatronics are great. Um, it's just fun to go through the different um, scenes and like you said, even if you don't like history, it's still very enjoyable. You still learn a little something, which, you know, God forbid the American public learns something. So it's it's fun. <laughs> like a grand and miraculous spaceship. Good job. Thank you. That's my Judy Dench. It's the audio clip number four today. <laughs> Copyright <laughs> permission from Disney World. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Uh, my number three, I'm gonna, I'm keeping it classic and keep, keep keeping it. I'm keeping it simple with uh, Fantasyland dark rides, and that is uh, Snow White's Adventure. Snow White's scary adventures. Oh yeah, they did change it back to that after, yeah. didn't they? Um, because yeah, people like me scream in it. <laughs> you yeah. gotta change it. No, they went you get back. Sued. They went to just adventure for a while, and then went back to scary. Even though they had changed it, so it's like, yeah, it's still scary. Let's go back to that. <laughs> uh, I like this one. Um, I think I, I don't ever remember not liking it, even when it it didn't have the happy ending. It was just the witch getting killed on the thing, but um, or the hag rather on the what? At the old the the original version of it, there wasn't the prince killing or killing. <laughs> Kissing Snow White and the happy ever after thing. It was just the the Wicked Queen as the hag was turning the rock over on you and you saw thun, um, lightning oh. strike. And then you just entered a room with all these signs that said boom, bam, bang, and all this stuff. And that was it. That was oh. the end of the ride. So it's like you died, she died. Nobody knows what really happened there. So hmm. They've changed it since then to be more story See, friendly. I like the resolve at the end. Because that was my biggest complaint about Pinocchio's daring journey at Disneyland is it doesn't resolve. Like, the blue fairy comes, but you never actually see Pinocchio as a real boy. He's still a puppet even after she comes. And then all of a sudden you're unloading. And I'm like, I need him to be a real boy before Listen, I leave. Okay. That is a marketing ploy because there, there's. I know one day there's going to be a sign outside that says, to find the rest of the story, buy the DVD. Yeah, at buy Disney. the DVD. <laughs> Oh, it's subtlety. Yeah. Subtlety. And people yeah. used to like different things, but um, we demand the whole story and as sensationalistic as you can possibly make it nowadays. But that aside, Snow All White's right, Scary Samaria. Adventure and Snow, <laughs> Snow White's Adventures and Snow White's Scary Adventures um, or Adventure was the one – I don't know why, but for three years when I was like in middle school, it was like my favorite ride at Disney World. I don't know. I don't know how or why that happened, but it was just like the one I wanted to ride first. It was the last one I wanted to ride, 
uh, embarrassing story. At my old daycare, we transformed. We tra- this is like a year ago. <laughs> we transformed our uh, entire daycare facility one day into a Snow White themed dark ride. Yes. And so all the kids would wait in the living room of this daycare, which was an old house, get in their little wheelbarrow, and I would roll them around the house with the music and little cuts out cutouts. It was pretty impressive oh, for like word. a bunch of seven-year-olds to put this together. It was pretty impressive. Now, did you read the story of the boy with autism who yes. that was his favorite attraction? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to have oh, to put gosh. that in the show I was notes. Gonna, I was going to bring this up. This is like my eyes out. Oh, it got me. It got me. I sent it to all my <laughs> friends who love Disney World. It's like a seven page blog. But the day that uh, I'll just sum it up real quick, but I'll put it in the show notes the day that Snow White Scary Adventure closed, it was like 2012 in, uh, to make way for New Fantasy Land. Of course, the lines were long. Everybody wanted to get their last ride. But there was a boy with autism who his family had moved to Orlando to get, be closer to this attraction because he loved it so much. And he wrote it over well, and over because again. Because before. He he was very closed off. Like he he wouldn't show emotion. He wouldn't talk. But for some reason, Snow White's Scary Adventure. Like he opened up, and it, and so they were like, "Well, anything we can do to get him to open up." So they like moved from New Jersey to Florida so that this ride was available. That's amazing in and of itself. And I won't spoil it, but just the cast members and the people at the park did lots of special things for him to make sure he like really enjoyed his last day with this attraction. Anyway, I'll post it, but. Yes, that's a good ride, and now it is no more at Magic Kingdom. You can only find it at Disneyland in Anaheim. So, Get your tissues out when you're reading it. But look, as one who loved this ride, I, am per- I was perfectly happy to see it go, and I'm also more than happy with the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, which is kind of the reason they got rid of it, to avoid double you know, double upping on, mm. um, or doubling up, not double upping on attractions. <laughs> uh, I think it's a, a wonderful nod, especially, um, well, I won't say it. There's, there are nods to the attraction in Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Not even nods, like straight up, hello, this is Snow White Scary Adventure, but I'll leave that to you to find out later. Dun, Snow White dun, Scary dun. Adventure, number three on my list. Jer? Okay, my number two, going back to Disneyland is Indiana Jones Adventure Temple of the Forbidden Eye. Me too. Is that your number two? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, This ride follows the same track as Dinosaur. However, I feel like as much as I love Dinosaur. Is it the same track? I think it's the same layout. I don't think that would be necessary. Huh. I think it's the same layout, though, on be. the track. Yeah, yeah I be. believe it is. The same layout. But it feels so much different than Dinosaur. And part of the reason why I feel like Dinosaur... Well, I, I haven't ridden it back when it first opened, but everything I see online says that the attraction was way better when the, when it first opened back in 98. Uh, and has lost some of those elephants, elements. Still a great there were ride. elephants? Oh my gosh, <laughs> this ride sucks now. Still a great ride, <laughs> but not as good as it once was. But I felt like Indiana Jones Adventure Temple of the Forbidden Eye, it's so much bigger. Like, I feel like Dinosaur, everything is so close to you when you ride it. And I'm sure that's all by design and purpose. But 
the the ride space for Indiana Jones is so much bigger, especially like when you're doing like the spiraling part where you're by all the skulls. Like the room feels big and there's fire and it just feels massive. And mm-hmm. it's one of those things the way the ride is the, the the show building is hidden, so you never see it, and you're like, How do they hide this huge attraction? In Disneyland, like it's a, it just feels big, but it's a great ride. Um, good animatronics, as far as the indie animatronics go, and as far as the effects go, with the fire and the lights and all that kind of a thing. I like the way the ending is with the ball. Mm-hmm. When I first wrote it, it caught me off guard because you think you kind of know what's going to happen, and all of a sudden something different happens. At least that's what happened to me. Uh, so good ride overall. And if you're an Indiana Jones fan, you'll love it. You know, it's yeah. way better than the fourth movie. So. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll go along with you since it's also my number two. It, it is like the dinosaur in, in that it's like really fast and you feel like you're kind of on an off all-terrain vehicle, like going off course. You know, it's very bumpy and sharp turns and stuff. But I think what sets it apart from dinosaur is that dinosaur gets away with being dark because you're outside and it's night. And so um, it, it just gets away with entire scenes being in the blackness. And that works for dinosaur. But Indiana Jones, they really brighten up everything. And I think that's one of the reasons it looks so big because you're in one giant cavern and you can see the cavern next door as well. So they have to make sure every single part of it is detailed and there's nothing, you know, is gone overlooked. And it's really kind of beautiful because it is a temple. What's it called? The temple of the forbidden Forbidden eye. Forbidden eye. Yeah. And it really does look like you're in this just beautiful ancient temple. Um, but you're also on an attraction. And so it's got the beauty, but it's also got the really cool thrill element. And I remember this being my favorite ride when I visited 12, 14 years ago. Um, and nothing changed this time. It's still, it's so great. I, I love this ride. Now, before we move on, did, uh, did you hear the rumor that Chris Pratt is going to be possibly rebooting yes. Indiana Jones? I How do you all feel about that? That's kind of perfect, I think. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Okay, good. I I thought it was wonderful, and I just didn't know if there was varying well, opinions. Well, uh, not only that that he's doing it, which I think is a good fit, but that they're rebooting it at all, right. which might mean future attractions for Home Hollywood Adventure, hopefully. Uh, I love how you've already changed the name of the park. With <laughs> it's coming. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Disney's Hollywood Adventure or Adventures, whatever. Or Disney Hollywood. They'll take off the apostrophe S like they did at California that Adventure. That would be a perfect, obviously a perfect fit. I don't mean like replicate the Disneyland version here. I just mean I, it has the potential to be an attraction. They'd be stupid yeah. to not make it one. I'm with you. I think there's there is actually an Indiana Jones podcast that runs like weekly still. Wow. I've never listened to it, but I've heard about it. Like if people are big enough fans to have a podcast – Every week, first off, about four movies and a TV show and really nothing else. I mean, there's a huge fan base there. Well, that stunt show at Hollywood Studios is still full every single show. Very true. Yeah. Very true. Yeah, and it's enjoyable. Um, My number two, you both had the same thing for number two, right? So y'all have gone. My number two is tied, and I'm glad someone has Uh, taken some of these ties because I don't have to. I can use my other. Well, you said Spaceship Earth. And that's number two on my list, along with something else. So instead of gushing further about Spaceship Earth, I'm going to say my alternate, which was Journey into Imagination, the old version. Imagination, imagination, a dream can be a dream come true. 
Yeah, well, I remember this from 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 being little, being one of my favorites, not just because of Figment, but just because of the way the attraction was. It, it's different, and then it's not an Omnimover, and it's not – it doesn't have small cars. It didn't have small cars. It had the – it was the same cars they use today, just kind of big um, – like a guided tour kind of kind of cars that you have in, in some places. Is, have you ever been to Hershey Park in Pennsylvania? No. It reminds me, their little ride through their, their factory, they have a little interactive ride. It reminds me of these cars. Anyway, the character of the Dreamfinder, character of Figment, and then just all the scenes that they used to have, um, I really used to like. Obviously, the song is good. But uh, just all the little elements that used to be in that old attraction, like the big, uh, what do they call their their big ship thing they used? Um, whatever, the Dream Mobile, the Dream Blimp thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when now, you Matt, sat there you and think, watched that go by. Do you think that Disney, since they have sullied the reputation of Epcot mm-hmm. by putting in the Frozen attraction in Norway, don't you think they owe it to the to the fan community to restore the journey into the imagination attraction to the old original. Do you think that would help to at least alleviate some of the fear that pe- a lot of people seem to have that Epcot is going I don't down think the they tubes? should restore it to the old one. It's one of those things that I loved and I still love and I love the music and I love to watch it every once in a while. But if they, if they did something, I think it would be perfectly acceptable to get rid of Honey, I Shrunk the Audience or Captain EO, that whole area, knock that out and just make the whole place one big, ginormous e-ticket attraction uh, featuring kind of an updated version of Dreamcatcher. Because uh, you had mentioned about doing Jim Cum- – uh, not Jim Cummings, uh, Jim Parsons in that attraction as well. Would you yeah. Would you like a hybrid make him the Jim dream- Cummings? The, make him the Dreamfinder. Do you think the fan community would accept that? <laughs> Well, I don't know. Half of what the fan community says, I don't care about it anyway. I, just... I think Zach Galifianakis makes a better Dreamfinder. <laughs> oh my goodness, that would be perfect. Especially if he was like his alter ego, like the really prissy guy. Yeah. Have you seen? Have you read this book, Matt? Here, I'm pulling it off my shelf. Um, from Dream from Dreamer to Dreamfinder. Have you read that one? That's it looks like. No. It's not. Is that bad. the guy? Yeah, it's the guy him. who played Dreamfinder. It's uh, Ron Schneider. It's it's okay. a life and lessons learned in forty years behind a name tag. But he's best known. He talks about he worked at Universal for a time as well. But it talks about how uh, his his experience as the Dreamfinder. Well, really good book. Yeah, I don't care so much about the old ride as the old personalities and with the feel of the old ride. I think that would be great to bring mm-hmm. back. What a lovable fellow. Yeah. All right. Well, Jeremy's number one was Alice. Mine was Peter Pan's Flight. So, Matt, what's yours? Oh, can I guess? Can I guess? Sure. I think your number one is also going to be an extinct attraction. And I think it's Horizons. It is. I put haunted. 
I put Haunted, haunted Mansion game. down. Yeah, but I knew somebody would say Haunted Mansion anyway because Haunted Mansion is my second. So is it your number one or is it not just because I said it? No, it is, but it's hard to pick. Like, there are genuine ties between those two and these two. So I say Haunted Mansion. Okay, Haunted Mansion. Show's over. <laughs> no, okay. No. Tell, tell us about Horizons. Haunted cause... Mansion is my second favorite attraction of all time. The Haunted Mansion is. But I knew y'all would be gushing about it early on, so I didn't, I didn't you know, I don't want to just climb on to that. Horizons is up there for many, many, many different reasons. First of all, it had great music. Mm. It had the unique cars in which you loaded sideways. Um, you know, like... Well, you loaded them like like you would load the clamshells at um, Living Seas, but the whole ride was like that, looking to the side. Oh. But you were like in this little booth type thing. Um, I don't even know how to describe it. No, but the I'm whole theme of being at like a um, a port and taking off into the future, it had that all of these old Epcot dark rides. Whether it's the old version of the Universe of Energy, this one, World of Motion, Journey to Imagination, Living Seas, they all had this really dark. Not dark as in scary, but just uh, futuristic. It wasn't as playful and fun. It was more grown-up-y and, you know, futuristic in a dark... I don't know. That's a weird word to say for it. Intimidating for youngsters. Let's say it that way. But Horizons had all these great scenes that people still go on and on about. Like the orchard scene, and that's where like the first use of smells came from, was the, the orange orchards and um, the, the little family that was in space that was, uh, you know, like on the wheel. Which, uh, little known fact, I think is a little known fact, that wheel is now used in the queue of Mission Space. Oh, that yeah. big turning wheel was part of the, the horizons. Oh. It was not as realistic, but it had like people actually living in it and doing things. You can watch the, the video of Horizons and see it. Yeah. And then the end was always really cool where you got to pick your own destination for the future, whether it was the undersea one and things like that. My favorite scene was uh, not the ending undersea theme, but when you actually went through the dark ride portion of the undersea theme – it was like you were underwater and they had like the lights, you know, glimmering like the water effects on the wall and things. And you could see all these underwater dwellings with people living in them. And there was this little animatronic seal that was kind of looking in the window at the people and waving. It was just a wonderful, charming dark ride that had a, yeah. had a nice feel to it. So I missed that one. And um, it rightfully goes next to Haunted Mansion. And my number one. Now, Horizons was closed before my first visit. But having been part of the Disney online community for several years now, I have found that Disney Parks enthusiasts are passionate about Horizons and will just not let it go. I'm telling you, Horizons and the original Journey into Imagination. Yeah. People are... And it's funny that people are not... Now, people will say this. You'll hear some of the detractors say, y'all just love anything that goes away. But nobody, I mean, I say nobody, relatively no one is like this about the world of motion. Right. I was just thinking Even though it was a great little ride, nobody's like going bananas about it, you know. And if it were to come back. Or like Communicore. Yeah. Or Wonders of Life. Mm -hmm. Or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You don't see the same kind of thing. You don't see that same kind of outrage for those. 
I mean, there is there is something to be said, and somebody made the joke about the hat. Like, they were so glad to see the hat go away, but they were like, well, just knowing the way I am, as soon as it's totally gone, I'm going to be like, oh, I love the hat. Yeah. Uh, just because it has suddenly has a nostalgic feel to it. And that is true to an extent. But but those two attractions, Horizons, no. Journey of the Imagination, people, if you brought them back immediately, or if they had the choice to go back in time to any destination – you know, Abraham Lincoln, George Washington. <laughs> horizons. No, we want Horizons. Nineteen eighty four, Epcot on a lo- not crowded day. Take me there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, well, um, we didn't mention a bunch of uh, dark rides, and so let me just get your initial feelings on some of the ones that we didn't mention. Uh, Buzz Lightyear, Space Ranger, Spin. Ugh, I like it. Six out of ten. The seas with Nemo's and with Nemo and friends. The Nemo's. <laughs> it's fine. It's great only because of the last portion with the yeah. the, the people in the tank. Yeah, yeah. The, the, queue, the, tank. the queue is amazing, but oh yeah, I know. Wait in it. <laughs> oh my no. gosh, and it's like three miles long. Yeah, it's it is really long. seriously forever. Um, Roger Rabbit's uh, cartoon spin. Great, very zany, very fun. Mike and Sully's uh, whatever that thing is at Disney's California Adventure. It was fine. It's an overlay of a different attraction. You can kind of tell, but uh, it's really good, though. The animatronics are really good in it. Yeah, I did, wasn't too impressed, but... Yeah. At the end, did you know this, Matt, that at the end, um, what's Roz? Yeah. She's, there's like a there's like a animatronic Roz, and it's like, thank you for riding, and that kind of thing. That's but, very good. Thank you. Um but apparently somebody like voices this and speaks to you because all of a sudden it looked at me and Derek and was like, are you two brothers? And we were like, okay, are you speaking to us? Like what's well, going on? Maybe it's like, like the potato you head. You and the thing. red. Oh. <laughs> so then we just kept going. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's probably like the potato head thing. That yes. They have like those program phrases. Yeah. That Kids, close your room. ears. When we walked around the exit, there's clearly a door there where someone can sit in that room behind him. Oh, no. Yeah, but clearly, like, it wasn't, like... This it is wasn't, for the Roz voice actress. Like, if you're going to do something like that, then it needs to be, like, immediate. Don't just make it sound like it's a canned line, and then we sit there for 15 seconds before you actually say something. Oh, yeah, personal. that's the potato head thing. Like, you! Yeah, that's exactly you what the striped like. shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, I forgot about the potato head. The one time I was there, you know how he can take out his ear and put it in? Well, this yeah. time he put, took it out and went to put it in and did not make it. And it's a thud. And all of a sudden, potato head just, like, froze. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, 15 minutes later, a cast member came out and put it back in, and he came back to life. <laughs> Whoa. Where was I? What happened? Yeah. Anywho. That's your list. That's the uh, that's the whole list you have. I know there are more, but oh, uh, Pinocchio's daring adventure, daring journey, classic. I've only done that one once. Lots of cardboard. Yeah. <laughs> Toy Story Midway Mania. Yeah. Yeah. Seven out of ten. It's great for what it is. I just don't think Disney needs those kinds of rides. But <laughs> just because Derek's not good at him, Derek <laughs> loses. He's that like is, that is part of it. I will. She say. hates the Buzz Lightyear because she loses. <laughs> she. <laughs> Jessica. Oh, she, oh, I was talking about Derek still. I was no, like, what? No. <laughs> uh, Stitch's Great Escape. Not really a dark ride, but we'll throw it in here. Not really a ride. Yeah, it's more It's more of a nightmare is really what it is. That's, <laughs> yeah. what it is. Nightmare phantasmic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, me. Anywho. Well, well, 
All I got. Disney World and Disneyland have been doing dark rides for a long time. And I love that even now they're still... Like, when the new thing is thrill, more thrill rides, more thrill rides, they're still putting in dark rides. Like, for instance, just two years ago, they added the Little Mermaid ride that Jeremy mentioned with the signs earlier. And they still do a really good job, and they still are perfect for families and kids and obviously people like us, too. So, way to go, Disney. You have mastered the dark rides, and I hope you continue to improve them. I'm sorry. Now that you mentioned the Little Mermaid thing, weren't they supposed to be taking that down this month? For the, oh. for the big refurb that was supposed to include the lighting and all this stuff. Are you saying they're not doing that now? I don't know. It's oh. not closed down to date, but they said January. Yeah. Or they postponed it. I feel like they should since having ridden it at DCA, I will say it's much better there. The lighting yeah. is much better. So hopefully they do. But anyway, there are our lists. To recap, we'll be sure to put those on the show notes. And we want you to send us your lists if you have some favorites that we did not mention or some favorites that you agree with. So send those over to comments at madchatters.net or on Twitter at mad underscore chatters or facebook.com slash madchatterspodcast. I think that's it. So we hope you have a really great week and we will see you next time on the Mad Chatters podcast. And Worcestershire and Devonshire and 